black woman, beautiful, powerful, resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation, a talk, especially an informal one between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So we created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Janine. Hey, Nicole. How you been doing? Girl, <laughs> things are amazing. Actually, you know what? I'm actually getting used to being home now, right? But I think I'm running out of things to watch. Like, I feel like I've been through Netflix like 15 times already. I'm watching reruns of like Selling Sunset or something. I don't, I don't know. I'm losing it, I feel like. But I, I'm enjoying being home and I've picked up a few extra books and things like that. So, you know. Well, I have joined, um, I'm not at home. Obviously, I'm in COVID land every day, going to the hospital or going to clinic. But, um, you know, Johnine, you're just a boss even from home. So you just do a whole bunch of stuff and you're multitasking all the time. Um, I am definitely in clinic and in the hospital. But even with me still working, you still realize how much time you have, right? Which is why we can do this podcast and uh, why I can work on some other things. So uh, to me, it's been amazing to actually have free time to actually develop your thoughts and develop some goals and, you know, catch up with family that I would I would not have caught up with via Zoom or you have these FaceTime parties with your family, these Zoom birthday parties and stuff like that. Um, So I think it's it's cool because some of the family members I really want to see, like, I mean, not saying I don't want to see the rest of my family, but like. Yes, I want to see my grandmother in person, but some people like cousins and like friends and, you know, you just haven't talked to them in a while. And it, it almost like gives you a time to catch up with them virtually and reconnect. So I think that that's amazing that the pandemic has that little positive blink of light that you have caught up with family members and you can plan your life um you know, try to figure out what you want to do after the pandemic. Yes. And it, it, to me, it's let me really prioritize some things. Like some people that I may not have talked to in a while, like maybe I really don't need to be, be talking to you. Oh, no, Nicole, we're losing friends. I think that when you, when you are in a, when it's a crucial time, I think that you know who your friends are and who they aren't. And you know, you try to figure out, like, how did you even connect with those people? So if you connected with them based on something very superficial and now you're in a pandemic and you can't see them, you may not talk to them. Very much so. I'm all for shifting of friends. And, it's you know, it's nothing against people specifically. It's just, you know, people change. We grow. Some people choose to stay in the same places that they are. And you, you prioritize. But then you also get to reconnect with friends like we did. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, girl. So I have intentionally not talked to you about this because I was saving it for today. So everything on my timeline, aside from like, you know, the basics that of news, everything on my timeline is August, Jada, Will, and Entanglement. And... <laughs> 
normally at this point of the year, we are, Will Smith is making headlines for some blockbuster summer film, right? And this year, it's very different. And not just because we're in the middle of a pandemic, but because this is the first time that we've ever had an inside look to the Smith household, Almost. I mean, you know, we've gotten a little bit of teaser here and there from some red table talks, but this has gotten blown wide open. So for those of you who don't know, and for my own entertainment, I'm going to refresh our memories on what's happening with uh, August Alsina um, and Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith and Entanglement. And normally we don't really go get into, you know, social media kind of gossip or banter, but this isn't gossip anymore because all parties have spoken. So it's fair game. So August Alsina recently put out an album. And for those of you who don't know, August Alsina is a 27 year old rapper, singer. Well, he's not really a rapper. He's a singer songwriter um, from New Orleans, Louisiana. Shout out to you, Nicole. Okay, there we go. Side note, Nicole and I met at Xavier university in louisiana so that's what that's why we made that reference so um august alcina put out this album and with the album came a five-part documentary and in this five-part documentary in this album he kind of um alluded to his relationship which had previously been speculated by the media with jada pinkett smith now a little bit of backstory. I'm not exactly sure what the relationship was between Jaden, who is uh, Will and Jada's uh, son, and August Alsina, but there was some sort of um, friendship and or relationship between the two of them. And I'm assuming it's a friendship because I don't know. I don't know them personally. So, you know, they there was some sort of connection between August Alsina and Jaden because they are much closer in age. And that's how August Alsina was introduced to the family via Jaden, Right. So long of it is short, he alluded to this relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith. This relationship had already been speculated upon, but there had been no confirmation to this relationship. So August um, suffers with some sort of um, mental health issues, uh, it appears. Um, and based on the, the information that was released later on, it appears that he suffers with some mental health issues. And so people didn't really take his um, information they, they kind of took it as, yeah, okay, you might be being a little petty or you might be trying to, you know, let us in on something. But no one really, people kind of took it with a grain of salt because, you know, it's Jada Pinkett Smith and the Smiths are a mogul family in the industry, right? Then he sits down with Angela Yee and lets it rip. So he said that he did have a relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith and he said that he doesn't want his character to be put into question because he sat down and had a conversation with Will and Will gave him permission. We can go back and forth about this, you know, permission idea. It doesn't really matter. So Angela, basically what happened was Angela asked him, who are you linked to romantically? Who is it that you, you know, we've never really seen you be linked to anyone romantically. There have been spec, there has been speculation that you have a relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith. And, you know, what is that about, essentially, is what she asked. And he basically came out and said that he loved her. And he said that he was going to be truthful and he had to live in his truth, essentially, because he didn't want to be 
um, he didn't want to hold it in anymore. It was not something that he could live with anymore, the burden that he could live with. Um, and if you w- watch the the video of his interview with Angela Yee, you can see the raw emotion and the passion that he has um, while he's talking about Jada Pinkett Smith. Again, this is just one-sided. So we've only gotten the, at this point, we had only gotten the story from August Alsina. Well, 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 a few days later, probably about a week, Jada Pinkett Smith brought herself to the red table and with her was husband Will Smith and they sit down and address the issues. And as she muddles through the story, and I say she muddles through the story because it seems very unclear as to how she remembers certain details very specifically, but others she cannot remember. And her husband had to coax her into the full truth, per se. Um, As she muddles through the story, she admits that she did actually have a romantic relationship with August Alsina while she and husband Will were on a break from their marriage. They were separated. So that's what's been filling up my timeline, Nicole. I'd like to hear what you think about this. I think that you've said a lot. Um, The story is a lot. And it's, why do you even have to comment on it a lot? So I'm just surprised that Will and Jada, even um, the powerhouse couple that they are, why they felt a need to even talk about it. Like he's been alluding to this for a minute now. Like this isn't really brand new because he's been alluding to it for a minute. Um, But for some reason, they felt a need to speak on it this time. And maybe because of his interview with Angela Yee, you know, was out there. It did circulate a little bit last week. But then we were like, okay, well, moving on back to COVID. Then all of a sudden this week, she's like, okay, well, let me just go ahead and put it out there. Let me go ahead and address it. They've had so many things that they have not addressed in their marriage. I mean, there have been rumors in their marriage about a lot of things, right? Uh, rumors that they were believed in Scientology, rumors that they had an open marriage, rumors that, you know, Will Smith was, you know, gay or bisexual. Like those rumors have been out there and they decided not to address them. And they went on about their business. They continued to write TV shows and film and produce movies and do all kinds of things. Their kids continue to move and shake. And so I think it's one interesting that they decided to speak all on this. Like before this came to be, like I was telling you, Janine, like I don't even know if I knew who August Alcina was until this story started circulating. Yeah, call me old. I'm in my mid to late 30s. But maybe if you sung a song, sing a song for me, Johnny. What what song does he sing? <laughs> Nicole? We're not going to put Janine on the spot like that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, he does. He has, is, a, he has a, a, a song that you would know. He has a, a collab that he did with um, DJ Khaled on DJ Khaled's album. And it was with Chris Brown. I believe you would probably know him from that. I'll, I'll play it for you later. Well, thank you, girl. I mean, now I know a little bit about what, you know, who he is because now I'm like really digging deep after, you know, her interview. Then, you know, I go back and watch his interview because I didn't see his interview go back and watch his interview. And then I'm like, okay, wait, what's going on with him? And so now I've researched a lot about him. But before all this happened, it was like, I didn't know who he, you know, I really didn't know who he was. So I do think it's uh, strange that this now is getting a lot of um, attention. Um, It almost makes me think it's like a media stunt almost like 
Are you trying to make him relevant? Um, are you, uh, are you getting a kickback from him getting a certain number of clicks, followers, likes? Are you trying to help him sell an upcoming album? Like, I just don't know what's the what. And then, you know, we're not really making a lot of movies right now. We're not really doing a lot of, you know, events right now. So is it that you're trying to make yourself more relevant and you're trying to make yourself stay in the media? I would argue that the Smiths really don't have to do that. Like they have a, their pockets are long. Like they don't really have to do something for the next couple of years and be fine. But some people like to stay relevant in, in the media. So I don't know why this was the focus. And maybe it's just as innocent as, Hey, I have red talk table now. I didn't have it before. I'm focusing on living in my truth. I can't not live in my truth this time because now I have an audience to be accountable for. So I'm hoping that that is the angle and that is why they decided to um, to discuss this. But, you know, when you get into the issue, so that's like my thoughts on the issue overall. Like, why are we even, why was it even relevant? Correct. But when you get into the issue, there's a lot going on there, you know, like, oh, you and Will took a break? Oh, okay. We knew you took a break. That was a rumor, right? <laughs> but you didn't address that rumor. You kept on moving. So now we know it's confirmed that they took a break. What I want to know is how long was the break? Because the affair was two years, right? That's a hell of a break. And here's the thing. I'm more interested in the break itself and what caused the break. I would be Correct. more interested in what caused the break than I am in the fling that you had with a 27-year-old. I mean, it's cute. It sells magazines or gets clicks, whatever. I'm not sure that they addressed it for personal reasons. I think that they addressed it to clear the air because – let me be clear. Um, August came out and he said that he wanted to clear his name. He wanted to make it clear that basically wasn't somehow disturbing the home of the Smiths. So I understand feeling the need to come out and, and in, in ways protect him to, you know, to verify his credibility. To be very honest with you, I think that Jada wanted to bring herself to the red table because she still has feelings for August Alsina in not addressing it. It kind of dampers his credibility because again, who really thought that he was telling the truth? Very honestly, who thought that he was telling the truth when he said, yes, I had a relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith and will gave me permission somehow. Right. So we kind of were like, oh, that's cute. But like, okay, boy, right? Not And boy, by boy, I don't mean in a derogatory term. And by, by boy, I mean like he's he's young given the characters in the situation, right? So we kind of were just like, yeah, okay. And we just kind of took it with a grain of salt and kept it moving. The reason now why we even are giving it some sort of validity is because of Jada Pinkett Smith. And she would, like you said, they've never addressed anything before. She would have no reason to address this. She could have ignored this and will smith could have ignored this like they've ignored the multitude of other rumors that have come about about their relationship and kept it moving but somehow that would have then hindered the credibility of august alcina and i think that she really still i mean based on even her telling the story she basically was telling the story trying to get out her truth while still protecting the image of august alcina so i honestly think that she still has feelings for this man Mm. So I didn't think about it like that, Janine. Um, you know, w when you put when you break it down like that, maybe maybe that is true. But, you know, Will and Jada on Red Table Talk have said that 
they don't have an open marriage, right? So if she ended up with him or going back to him, then they would have to explain, like, do you have an open marriage or y'all divorced? Like, which, which, what's the what, right? So they've said that they don't have an open marriage. And they also said that, you know, they are going to stay married. Remember, bad marriage for life. life. It's how they ended the show. So for her to have feelings for him, to me, wouldn't make any sense, right? Especially with your husband sitting there and you saying bad marriage for life, unless they have an open marriage. And they're just not saying that for some reason. So, yeah, if you really want to go back to somebody and you want to protect them, yeah, you're not going to bash them. You are going to speak highly of them. But I, I just, you know, why say then that you don't have an open marriage? Like, why say that? And maybe they, and maybe they don't. And maybe she does still have feelings for him just in general. And she's going to stay married to Will. Who knows? But I just think it's interesting. The other thing that I thought was interesting about the story was that he was sick, right? So different sites have said different things. And, you know, he says he has a liver disease. Like So back in September, when he reported it to Double XL, he said that he had a liver disease and it's an autoimmune disease, right? So he has some type of autoimmune disease. He was hospitalized at one time because he couldn't walk, right? And so he's had these hospitalizations on and off throughout his lifetime from this autoimmune disease. I don't specifically know what type of autoimmune disease it is, um, but his mental state and that autoimmune disease are not the same thing. So it, to me, it looks like there's different things going on. There's an autoimmune disease that makes him physically sick, and then he has already admitted to a uh, history of depression, which now makes him mentally sick. So then to me, you have somebody that you try to nurture, protect, um, help develop and grow. You were there, as she says, to help him. You wanted to help him and you ended up sleeping with him. I- I'm just, you know, confused. So is that taking uh, like is that taking advantage of somebody in a vulnerable state? So I, I don't I- to me, it's very. If you know somebody's sick, why are you then going to allow yourself to step away from being a helping hand to now making him worse? Because somebody's depressed and they're going through stuff mentally. And then you then bring this emotional component into it. And then you pull away. Wouldn't that make him more depressed? Wouldn't that make his symptoms worse? How was that helpful? And then she said she hadn't talked to him since that time. So you were worried about him then, but you're not worried about, you weren't worried about him after that. You decided, okay, I'm going to have this relationship with you. I want to help you. I know you're physically sick. I want to be there for you. Woo, woo, woo. And then after that, you're like, okay, well, I think I'm going to go back over here and get back with Will Smith and I'm not going to talk to you ever again. What? Help help it make sense to me because it's not making any sense. To me, that's unusual and cruel. I think it's interesting because at the end of the Red Table Talk, what she said was, and I quote, she was able to do some deep healing. I, I listened to it again. I rewind and listened to it again. And I thought to myself, deep healing of who? Of you or him? Mm-hmm. Because I don't see how that's deep healing of anybody. 
I don't see how deep healing of him if you had this relationship with him and then you walked away and now you have this man still professing his love for you. You know, it's his heart is hurt for you. Um, but you you thought you did some some deep healing. Oh. I think it was deep healing of herself taking a break from Will. That's the deep healing that went on there, not a uh, deep healing of August. But she didn't state who the deep healing was was of. The exact line that she said is through this particular journey, I learned so much about myself and was able to really confront a lot of emotional immaturity, emotional insecurity. And I was really able to do really deep healing. So here's the thing. I let, let me go back to the, the statement that you made about helping August Alcina out. I believe that they did help him. I, you know, I believe that the Smiths are the kind of people that throw money at situations and find resources. And it states in the articles that they found resources for him to help him get better. Right. But I think that this is, you know, this is something that we should probably talk out, talk about in future black girl conversations, because we often find ourselves in situations where we are helping someone else to the detriment of ourselves. She clearly was not in an emotional position or an emotional state or a mental state to help this young man at this time without it becoming an entanglement, right? So had she been, you know, in a strong mental space and a strong headspace, she would have been a, a better resource to him. And it would not have, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe it wouldn't have turned into this um, sexual relationship that it did then turned into. We all know, all adults know who have experienced anything, any sort of sexual relationship that sex complicates things point blank period. Mm -hmm. It, at the end of the day, no matter how simple a situation is, when you then include sex, things all of a sudden become unnecessarily complicated, right? We can all agree on that. Great. Now we move on. So that was the the, the misstep, right? So now we're, we're working with someone who has physical ailment and a, a mental ailment, August Alsina. We're working with someone else who has a, an emotional ailment that they're not necessarily aware of. And then we throw sex on top of this. It is now a mess, right? So, yes, with all of the good intentions that they might have had initially with helping him out, it then became this entangled mess that we are now watching them live out loud in front of the entire world, right? So it's like, yeah, I think that the intentions probably were initially great. You know, I don't think that she sought him out. I think that he really was brought to the family as, you know, by Jaden to say like, okay, we need to help this guy. We feel bad. He's super talented. He's a talented kid, right? But then things got messy. And when things got, get messy, then you have to address them. And unfortunately for them, they have to address it to the public. And having watched both sides of the interview, I don't really, there's no convincing me otherwise that August does not still have, he stated it. He still loves them. He said, crucify me. That, that was what he said. And honestly, the, the cover of his album is what appears to be a, an image of him with what looks like a crown of thorns. Like, like you know, it, it really kind of exudes the feeling that I felt when I was watching the interview with him and Angela Yee. So I, there's no doubt in my mind that he still has feelings for Jada, right? And there's minimal doubt in my mind that Jada still has feelings for him. She said that, you know, he's the one that cut off all contact. And then, but then we, you know, this is when it becomes a little bit muddy because 
she says, well, we, you know, at first she said, well, we haven't talked in years and we cut this relationship off years ago. But then when they were asking her, when's the last time she talked to him? She was like, I mean, I, I don't know when. So now all of a sudden it's like, mm, are we being really truthfully honest? Is it possible that you all still have connections with one another? Is it possible that you all run in the same circles and you might still have feelings, even though you've decided to, you know, stay in your bad marriage for life? I don't know. I don't know that you ever really lose feeling, especially if it doesn't, if there's no dramatic end or whatever, like there, it doesn't seem to be any clear cut. This is when, this is when we cut the relationship off. And this is why there, it was all kind of really muddy and unclear. It was all kind of, when did the, the Smiths decide to break up and why did they decide to break up? And then why did they decide to get back together? All of those details are left out. But from, uh, and again, I'm not a body language expert. I don't, I'm not about to sit here and psychoanalyze these people. But it appears that they still have some sort of genuine emotion towards one another. I think that's safe to say. What that emotion is, it appears to be some sort of romantic feeling to me. But they, they still have some sort of genuine emotion towards one another. And let's not leave Will out because Will seems to have some sort of, well, I'm not even going to say seems. Will's emotions were written all over his face in the interview. He seemed to be very frustrated or, or bothered that they were even addressing the issue. He seemed to be going along with the plan, but he just was like, okay, if we're going to lay out the facts, let's lay them out. And if we remember at the end of the end of the interview, he said, I still owe you. So they're, they're, the emotional healing isn't completely done. He well, still feels like he I owes her. I'll say this. Um, you broke down a lot. I do think that, you know, Jada, you know, says that she's done some deep healing of herself. That, that does mean that she wasn't healed when she was trying to help him. And so she should have helped herself before she tried to help him. And you can help people without being attached to them at the hip or getting emotionally involved. So if you have contacts at certain hospitals that are doing certain studies, you can make phone calls without being over this man's house. Let's just throw that out there. You do not physically have to be around somebody to help them. I mean, COVID has shown us that we can remain socially distanced and still help one another. So did you have to be in that man's house to help him? No, you didn't. Um, did you have to form a relationship with that man? No, you didn't. He probably saw, oh, Jada Pickett Smith. And she probably said, I'm single now. My husband's done with me. And he probably thought, oh, this is fair game. I can go for this. And so he then allowed himself to be vulnerable. She was vulnerable and emotionally withdrawn from her marriage and had some quote deep healing that she still needed to go through. And so instead of her dealing with the loss uh, and grieving her marriage, which then didn't end up ending, but dealing with that um, emotions from her marriage, she then decided to dive into this other situation, which like you said, caused this entanglement. And so uh, she should have dealt with her own crap first. Right. So when you get on a plane, if the plane's going down, they tell you to put your own mask on first before you apply a mask to somebody else. Because if you if you can't breathe, then how are you going to help somebody else? So she should have helped herself there first. She didn't. And then she got herself in the situation. So um, I, I still I'm going to go back and still think that she took advantage of the situation because she didn't realize that she was in an emotional state and then used this opportunity to overcome the stuff she was dealing with in her marriage to the detriment of this other person's emotions. 
who's still very much in love with her so much that he's willing to sacrifice it, you know, sacrifice his career. Cause he's like, you know what? I'm going up against the Smiths. I'm going to put it out there. I got to live in my truth. Whatever the repercussions are, I'm going to accept them, right? Go ahead, crucify me, but I'm going to say what I have to say. And so he's put in a situation where he now, in order to live in his truth, um, feels like he has to you know, be a sacrifice, which is really unfortunate. I think that because they've come out, and to your point, she must have some feelings for him, because they've come out to validate him, I don't think that he's going to take you know, a big hit. I don't think that he is going to be crucified because now we know what he said was true. So now they validated him and saved his reputation, um, which is admirable of them, which is a good thing. But still, you shouldn't have even been in the situation in the first place. To your point about the ending, he did say, oh, he's going to get her back. And I thought to myself, no, if you decide player to stay in this marriage, you have to forgive the offender, right? So if your husband cheats on you and you decide to forgive him and you decide to work through it and go to counseling, that doesn't mean that you can go and cheat on them. Like that does, that's not how that works. If you're not over it and you're not willing to work through it, then you need to stay apart until you're a- able to actually get on the same page and work through it. So the fact that he even said that, like, I was sort of like pissed at him, but she ended it with like, oh no, I think that you've already done plenty of stuff, which me- which means that he's done his trash too. So let's put your trash out there. So now you got Jada looking like the homewrecker when that probably wasn't even the reason they split in the first place. So they were already split when that happened. So some dirt went down before that. And here's the thing. I think that, that they were trying to validate August Alcina's point of this actually did happen. However, not for nothing. Really, people have broken it down to is it cheating or is it not, right? So my personal beliefs, I'm married, right? If my husband and I are separated, there there's no separation means that we're still married in my mind, right? So if we're not about to sign divorce papers, divorce decree today, then I suggest that you remain faithful. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Because on uh, the Red Table Talk, he said he was done with her. He wasn't planning on getting back with her. And my thing is, well, why didn't you go ahead and divorce her? You wanted to look good in public. You wanted to be on paper as together. And you want to keep up this act to the public that you guys were the Smiths, the power couple. And you don't, you know, you can deal with anything and love each other through anything. So you didn't want the public to understand that in marriage, people struggle. Um, and this is the first time they've broken down. Like marriage is hard. Marriage is hard. You know, we're both married people. You can tell. Like sometimes I roll over and I look at my husband and I'm like, you know, what? I just don't like you today. <laughs> and that's OK. I'm sure there are plenty of times he doesn't like me. But if we're at the point where we're living in two separate houses and we have literally said we're not going to be together and we're getting a divorce and we are separated then I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not about to sit around and wait for you to come back around and realize this big old blessing you got on over here. I'm not going to do it. So if you tell me you don't want me, that's all you got to say. But I am not I'm not going to go seek out anything. But it sounds like they were apart for quite some time. So I, I don't know. I don't really blame Jada for moving on in that respect. So I, I don't know. I have a, a slightly different of, difference of opinion there. When it comes to cheating or not cheating. Well, here's the thing, though, Nicole, they didn't get a divorce. 
And this is where it becomes complicated. And this is, this is the gray area. So separation, they subsequently did not get a divorce. And now we're in a situation where this is a mess and an entangled mess because they thought that they were going to get a divorce. Nothing was finalized. And now they're back together. And this poor young man is caught in the middle of this situation, which is why I say now, granted, I agree with you hundred percent. If my husband were to tell me today or tomorrow, I'm done with you. I promise you that that would be the same day phone call to the lawyer and papers would be served to him within the week. Okay. I'm not waiting two years, but that's just me because I have the same feeling like you. Hey, guess what? If you're not willing to sit over here and be grateful and thank God every day for me, then move on. There are plenty of fish in the sea. I would not have, well, you know what? I, you can't say what you would do until you're in the situation, but I would like to think that I would not be sitting waiting for two years for my marriage to somehow reignite and be carrying on a relationship with someone else. I would like to think that. I think that when it comes to marriage and divorce, it can be very complicated because there's a lot of legal things to work through. And the deeper your pockets are, the more complicated it is. So we don't know why they took such a long break. We have no idea. And we don't know if, you know, did they actually like file papers and they were going through negotiation or did they just, you know, separate? We have no idea. Um, I mean, I have a friend now that's pending a divorce. And they're battling back and forth. That divorce has been pending for a year, you know, and, and it's because one, COVID has slowed them down. And two, legally, there's a lot of things that you have to go into. You got to separate assets and determine what is actually an asset. And do you have the rights to these assets? And then if you have kids, that's a completely, totally, totally different ballgame that further uh, complicates the situation. And so I do know people that are living apart but they are legally together for their kids, their benefits and their livelihood um, because it's cheaper to be married on paper and continue your other life over here, knowing that the wife has a different relationship over here and the husband has a different relationship over here. And, and they can be living in two separate houses and it only becomes an issue when they are ready to get remarried again. Right. And then legally they have to figure out how to separate assets and how to move on independently because now they brought somebody else into the situation. Now, mind you, I'm not, I, I personally wouldn't do that. I mean, my husband is a minister. So for us, if we're married, we're, we are married. Okay. Um, and we're going to try our hardest to work, to work through that. Um, because we personally have told ourselves we don't want to get a divorce. Now, if I end up getting divorced, you know, Hey, charge it to my, you know, charge it to my heart. But either way, and I'm not saying I am, you know, I love my husband, but either way, you know, we have consciously tried to, you know, try to act out these situations like the what ifs. A lot of people don't do that in their marriages. Like, what if this happens? Would you stay? What if this happens? Would you stay? Could you are you open to counseling if, if something happened? Um, I do think that people need to constantly go through counseling in their marriages. I mean, me and my husband went through a year of counseling before we got married and went through a year of counseling the first year of our marriage and we still do intermittent counseling. And I think that that's fine um, in order to work through it. Do we love each other every day? Yes, we love each other. Are we all over each other and kissing each other every day? Well, no, I mean, it, it, love means you, you care for somebody, you, 
care for their well-being. You care for their livelihood. You don't want to see any harm brought to them. Um, and you mutually respect one another. I mean, obviously, there's a ton of definitions of love. But for us, we love each other in those in that fashion. And it doesn't mean that you have to be sexually in love with your partner. It doesn't because you have some situations where you have a partner that can't have sex anymore. Right. So you don't have to be sexually connected to your partner to, you know, love them or be in love with them. Um, you don't have to be financially strong to stay in a marriage. But we know that communication, finances and sex are the three biggest reasons that people get divorced. So I'm wondering, you know, why did they proceed not to get divorced? Why did they wait so long? And for me, if you've said everything that you're going to do, especially if it's on paper already, I've told my husband, minister or no minister, I'm filing the papers. If we're fighting divorce and fighting assets, I'm I'm not going to, I wouldn't wait to move on. Mm-mm. After you filed the papers? I said what I said. I said what I said. <laughs> but you would file the papers first though, right? No, no, I would definitely file the papers first. And to, in defense of Jada, we don't know if she did file the papers first, right? Very true. We don't know if her attorneys had their papers or not. Um, we just know that they split and he said that he was done with her. Now, while he was done with her, I don't know, because that's what he said. She didn't say she was done with him. So I'm wondering, like, okay, so did you do something else again? Or did you just have, like, some aha moment that you just didn't want to be married? Because some men do that, too. They have, like, mm, I just felt like I rolled out of bed today and I just didn't want to get married. I wonder if he had some issue like that. But he said he was done with her. He said he wasn't getting back with her. And I think that some people just stay together because, it, like you said, it's more of a hassle to separate. Like, I mean it would be a hassle for either one of us to get a divorce and neither one of us has money as long as the Smiths, right? We don't have property as, you know, intellectual property as much as the Smiths do. I mean, they have water and clothing lines. And I mean, they, you name it. And the Smiths have some sort of financial investment in those kinds of things. Right. So splitting that empire would be a legal nightmare. I'm sure. So I'm sure that that, that, that plays into their, bad marriage for life because at some point it's like go through the the media scrutiny go through the hassle go through the legal troubles or do we just stay together and live our own lives separately who knows maybe maybe it is easier for them it's cheaper to keep her cheaper to keep her (laughs) it is especially when you're will smith right okay let's talk through uh scenarios that are somewhat related to this um but I want your feedback on on this. Like, let's dive into the scenario from a different perspective. So we've talked about uh, the the Smiths, right? Jada is a, a seasoned beauty. Let's, let's say that. She's, she's older, but I mean, Jada is gorgeous. I mean, she is a beautiful woman, keeps herself together. Um, she seems to be, because we haven't heard about her having any difficulty with health issues. So she seems to be relatively healthy and she's in shape. She's fit. Let's say that you are a mother, right? Be it that you're August Alcina's mother, or let's just say you have a child in his mid-20s and he wanted to date a woman that was in her late 40s, early 50s. You know, what would you think and what would you say about your child your adult child dating a much older woman from, from a mother's perspective, how would you feel? Well, we can 
write this down as reason number 4,726 that Janine does not have children. But um, here's the thing. The first question that I would ask is, well, is she older than me or are we about the same age? Let's say you're about the same age. Okay. So the first, the first question that I feel that you need to ask is, you know, how did you all get together? What is the relationship like? Is it a healthy relationship or, you know, are you putting in the same effort and energy and love and emotional support um, that she is? And is she providing the same love, energy, emotional support that you are? Are you all equally yoked? And by equally yoked, I don't mean religious purposes. I mean, are you all in a place where you can support and or complement one another in all aspects of your life, not just financially, but emotionally, spiritually? Do you all have common interests? What I would want to know, what is it that is going to make this is, is fortifying this relationship and is going to make this relationship last, right? Or is this even something that you were just doing for the time being? I think that, you know, we have to be mindful that every relationship isn't meant to last forever, right? So I would ask a lot of questions and I would try to avoid judgment because, you know, who am I to judge? Love comes in all, all shapes, sizes, and age ranges, right? So I would try not to to express my what I would assume would be inherent displeasure of my son being with a much older woman um, and try to support him in the relationship. But again, it would depend on how healthy that relationship is. And I think that, you know, it's a real conversation to be had. Is this something that you're just, it's a fling and you're just going to do for the time being. And if that was the case, if, you know, if my son told me this is just something that I'd like to do for a time being, I just want to knock off this milf really quickly then I would say make sure that you are protected, make sure that you don't get emotionally invested. And, you know, I would think that it probably might not be a good idea and I would probably advise them against it. But if he was set on on continuing with the relationship, I would just give him advice on how to protect himself both, you know, physically and emotionally. Now, if he thought that this relationship was going to be long term, we have to go into a much deeper conversation. Where is this going? How long do you think this relationship is going to last? Do you think the relationship is built built on stable foundation? Because if it's not, then we need to have a conversation about that. What are you all forming this relationship on? And if if the answer seemed like it's, you know, a solid relationship, then I can only be supportive of my son. But if, you know, who's to know? Relationships seem solid and stable all the time. And, you know, our divorce rate is extremely high. So you you just kind of support your child through whatever decisions that they choose to make. And you hope that whatever you've instilled in them will then help them make the best decision for themselves at the time. So um, I, you know, my child is one, right? And so when we talk about these scenarios, especially when we bring kids into the to picture, into the picture, I'm always thinking, what would I do if this was Harrison I was talking about? Right. And so from that perspective, if Harrison and to your point said, oh, this is just going to be a fling. This is just a milf. Right. And I would caution him away from 
dating him, dating her if this is just a fling. And I say that because older women that are experienced, we know what to do. Like we know how to get psychologically into somebody's head. And I feel like one, when you're older and you're dating somebody, most older women, if you're in a relationship, they're not trying to play. Like they're trying to be serious. And I'm not saying all older women, but if you're an older woman and you are, you know, in a serious relationship of two years, like you're not trying to play. So if he's doing something like, you know, oh, this is just a fling. I'm not going to marry her. I'm just here for the minute. I would caution him and say, okay, uh, uh-uh. uh, you can't play with people's emotions like that. You need to move on. Um, before it even got to the, you know, the year mark, like you're going back and forth to this woman, you need to move on. There's no reason for you to go and play with this older, experienced woman. Um, and then I do find that people that get into these marriages, I mean, getting to these, these, uh, relationships tend to be very serious. And you do tend to see them last a very long time and some even end up married. And so then I would definitely have the conversation of, can she have kids? Is she willing to have kids if she can have them? Do you want kids, son? And if she doesn't want kids or can't have kids, are you okay with that? Like, would you, would this be something that makes or breaks you? And I think that people have to have that candid conversation very early in their relationship about whether they want kids or not, what they want their lives to look like or not. Because it's very unrealistic for you to date somebody that's in their late 40s, early 50s, and you're 25 as a man and you want a child. Well, that's something that she may not be able to give you unless you're going some alternative routes. And so if she understands that and she's like, oh, I'm willing to try to have a kid or I'm willing to have a surrogate, I'm willing to get donor eggs or, or whatever you need to do when you're early 50s, to have this man have a child, then okay. But it's a conversation that needs to be had up front. If you are in a serious relationship with somebody that's older, you need to think about those things. The other piece is you need to think about the family. You know, what is she doing or other kids involved? How do they feel about the relationship? Um, how are, how are, how are they perceiving it? Are they accepting of it? And, and her parents, they're getting older. Is she planning to take care of her family when they're older? If she's in her 40s or 50s and her mom is in her 70s or 80s, eventually you're going to have to have to talk, have to talk about home care, right? Or moving your parents in or a nursing home. So what is that? That conversation needs to be had. You don't need to be married for two or three years. And then the first time you talk about what we're going to do with our parents is, Hey, my mom is sick now. And so she's moving in. And, you know, my son is 28. And still, you know, out and about and wants to travel and stuff. And you are in your 50s and you're okay with being the care provider. So those conversations, and I'm not saying that somebody in their 20s would not be okay with somebody's parents moving in and taking care of them. But it is a different life when you have to take care of older people, um, especially when you're older. And in my 20s, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would have had that conversation or even been thinking about that. Like now that I'm in my mid to late 30s, of course, I've had those conversations like my grandparents are older. Some of them are deceased now. Some of them live by themselves because of that. Um, You know, my mom's even getting older. So you have to have those conversations. My husband's family's getting older. Like, what are we going to do? So I think that that has to be uh, talked through. 
I have another scenario. And this scenario came to me via my husband, as a matter of fact. So I would say that this is one of my husband's friends, but he made it very clear that this is not his friend. It's just a Facebook acquaintance. So I'm going to, I'm going to, um, go through the story and I will not mention names or locations to protect the innocent. There's a young lady that my husband knows she is in her forties. So she's not super young, but she's in her forties and she met a, an older gentleman. And so this is kind of the, the opposite situation of, um, August and Jada. She met an older gentleman and he was married Right. And he was in the separated from his wife, had been separated for some years. And um, she verified they lived in separate houses. It, you know, it was very clear that they were separated. Right. And so she befriended him. And in the process of befriending him, they um, he gave her some money to purchase a boat. And they were friends. The, the relationship wasn't romantic. Um, at first, it was not romantic. They were friends for some years. And when they became romantic, she realized um, that she just wasn't interested in being with a man that was that much older than her. He was 20 some, 22 specifically years older than her. So she's 47 and he is 69. So she realized that, that it wasn't her interest to be with someone that was that older, that much older. Um, so she separated from the relationship. They maintained their friendship, but they were a bit more distant. And we're talking, you know, checking in maybe once uh, every couple of weeks or, um, once a month, just a phone call or a quick, you know, message to say, Hey, just making sure you're still there and everything's well and moved on. And he went to her knowledge back to his wife. Fast forward a couple of years later, she is she flips properties for a living. So she is at one of her properties flipping the home, working outside and up pulls a SUV with a woman and children in tow. And it is her friend's wife. And she is outside of her property, calling her home wrecker, telling her that, you know, she needs to stop messing with her husband, so on and so forth, and continues on with the children in the back of the car, mind you, and continues on and basically tells this lady, you wrecked my home. And she's confused. She's genuinely confused because she's been still communicating with this man, but it's no romantic relation. They are not in a situation where they've even seen each other in person um, within the, I mean, within the last year. And it's not just because of COVID. She genuinely decided that she was moving on. Right. And she is now in another relationship with someone else. And the wife is showing up at her place of work for lack of better terms and confronting her about messing with her husband. Well, the, the older man that she, that's her friend has decided to leave his wife now because he wanted to be with my husband's friend in air quotes, right? So she now is presented with an issue because this man is leaving his wife for her. She does not want to be with this man. And she's now in a new relationship. And he has made decision to basically balls to the wall, decided to leave his wife and his family and his kids and move on because he is now in love with this young lady. This is the scenario. And it's complicated for a couple of reasons. It's complicated because one, she doesn't want to be with him anymore. 
but she had a she had a fling with this man while he was quote unquote separated and hadn't yet gotten a divorce in this gray area that we've been talking about. And now he's made the decision or she kind of made a decision for him to go back to his family. Well, when he went back to his family, he realized that that wasn't what he wanted either. And now she's moved on, but he wants to be back in the relationship. So now messing in this gray area of entanglement where things are not a hundred percent done. We're not a hundred percent through with each other. We have yet another mess, a wife, a husband, kids, and a new partner all entangled in the mess because we dealt in this gray, muddy area where things weren't really clear, papers hadn't really been filed yet, and now everybody's trying to figure out how to clean it up. Okay, so this scenario is interesting for a few reasons. One, sounds like she's 40-somethings, right? Correct. Two, you said he was 69. The wife, who must be younger, she is. comes in with children that are young enough to be in a car, right? So they're not toddlers because you wouldn't leave them in a car by themselves. So they're probably like, you know, somewhere along the lines of between six and 14 per se. So then you have small children. So one, the 69 year old man, he likes younger women. We see that. And nothing wrong with that. You can be 69 and you can have you a 30 something woman. Hey, you like it. I love it. Um, but what probably happened from the wife's perspective is she did not know about this affair. She, she, she did not know. She found out. And so she decided I'm going over there. I am going over there. I'm going to confront this woman. How dare you, you little hussy come, you know, coming after my man, trying to break up a happy home. Don't you see these two kids back here in the van? Don't you see what home you're breaking up? And so, um, so one, if my husband cheats on me and I find out, yeah, I'm going over there. I'm going. I'm going over there. I want her to see me. Really? <laughs> Girl, let me tell you, uh, you're going to see me and you're going to know who I am and you're going to know that I know. So I'm either going to call you or I'm going over there. Absolutely. Now, I might not go over there, especially not initially, but oh, I'm, call I'm calling you. Oh, I'm letting you know. Really? Oh, I'm picking the phone up and calling. So let me interject Absolutely. for a second, Nicole. I am of the thought process with, I didn't make a vow with you. I, you are cheating with my husband. I did not walk down the aisle and tell before God and my family and tell them that I was going to be faithful to you. I made the vow to my husband. So I'm not addressing her. That's just my personal well, I'm a, opinion. I'm going to confront him too. I'm going I'm to confront knock him my too. husband's Absolutely. head off. But I am then going to... I'm going to pick up the phone and I'm going to call and I'm going to let her know that I know I want and everyone to stay away from my husband. <laughs> I'm going to tell her. I wish everybody could see you, Nicole, because Nicole has picked <laughs> up her phone and is waving her phone because she's so passionate about this. I mean, literally no, has picked up because phone. there are women that are truly, they don't care if you're married or not. They are seeking out these men that appear to be stable because they want to be stable. And so they're after these men. And I'm not saying that what he did was right, but if you don't think I'm going to pick up the phone and let her know that I know, oh, you are mistaken. I'm going to let her know. And I'm going to let my husband know. I'm going, even if I'm done with him, I'm going to let him know. And I'm going to let her know that I know. So, uh, yeah, 
he's not, I'm, it's not like I'm going to let her know. And then I'm not going to say anything to him and I'm going to carry on as usual. Like some people try to like, Oh, I'm going to put on not a uh, let the uh, lingerie and I'm going to get my husband back and I'm going to seduce him to stay with me. You can't do that. Right. <laughs> you cannot make a man love you, but I am going to let her know that I know. And I am going to let her know that she played a part in this because this works two ways. You have to have two people to cheat. So I am going to let her know that she played a part in it, but I'm also going to let my husband know that he's a dirty dog and he shouldn't have done that. And my husband knows me. I'm going to let him know. And I'm going to tell him probably to get out. And then I'm going to have to really take some time with God and I'm going to have to really pray. And it's going to come down to, if my husband doesn't want me and he doesn't want to be with me, then we need to split, right? Because I'm not going to make anybody be some somewhere that they don't want to be. But if he's remorseful and he wants to still be in the marriage, then I really have to take some time and have a come to Jesus moment with myself and go to counseling, um, pray about it, and really make some tough decisions to know what I am able to work through and what I will not work through. Um, and I do think that Marriages can work through almost anything. I'm a firm believer in that if both people are willing to work. But like I say, he has to feel remorseful and he has to admit his wrongs and he has to want to work through it in order for the wife to even consider working through it. So in your situation, it sounds like her husband did not want to work through it. Her husband was done with her. And so she was lashing out probably after the fact, she probably lashed out on her husband already. She was lashing out at this woman and telling her what she did. Now, I don't agree with going to someone and like physically attacking them, right? But I will go up there and be like, you know, can I have a word with you? I'm I'm Miss Plenty, actually Dr. Plenty. (laughs) And you're the woman that's been sleeping with my husband. And I want you to know that... He he and I are no longer together. He has told me that he wants to be with you. But I do want you to know that I have these two kids over here. He has an obligation to them uh, emotionally and financially. And so this if if you are moving forward with this relationship, this is what you've signed up for. So don't act brand new when you have to pay my alimony and my child support because uh, this is what it is. So I wouldn't go to somebody and physically attack them or even curse them out. But I'm going to let them know because I don't want them to think that, oh, we're doing something exotic and we're being, you know, mysterious. And this is exciting because your wife doesn't know about it. No, I know. So if you choose to do it, that's fine. We're going to take some legal action and we're going to move on. But the other part is she was fine with taking the, the big chunk of money to buy the boat, right? She got the boat. I didn't hear you say she gave it back. She's still talking to him as a friend because of COVID. So for him, he's probably thinking, oh, we're not together anymore because of COVID. Like, I don't see her because of COVID, not because she doesn't want to talk to me. So this man is super confused right now. He's probably still giving this woman money. He's bought her all these things. And for some reason, she in her head thinks that they are not together anymore. So she's sleeping with somebody else over here on the side, or I guess they're both on the side. But she has another relationship over here, but she hasn't made it clear to him what her intentions are, because I'm sure that he wouldn't still be trying to 
communicate with her. I'm sure he still wouldn't be trying to leave his wife and tell his wife he's going to this woman. He would just leave his wife and go to some other woman. So I think that that picture is interesting because I think that uh, this friend of a friend is, you know, a little sketchy because she took too much money and she's trying to keep it friendly to not have to give the money back. And she's trying to keep uh, her pockets replenished, you know, on a ongoing basis. And so, you know, maybe that's why I don't necessarily like that this friend of a friend has taken advantage. I mean, what would you what would you do? Like if you were this one, this man's wife, I mean, what would you think? I think I have a certain amount of pride that I'm not going to chase a man or try to to persuade him to be with me. I just feel like there's somehow some a piece of my soul that will be ripped out if I have to try to convince my husband to be with me. That's just me personally. That's how I am. That's how I feel. My pride just won't let me continue to haggle for my relationship. I just can't do it. Now, if the the back and forth and we let him back in and he left initially and so on and so forth, it just seems like too much drama. And in my, in, in the way that my brain is set up, I can't go and forget the drama from the past of the time when you left before to be with this woman. So I just am, and know that how I am. And I know that every single time that I look at you and every single time, I don't know where you are or what you're doing, or you came home late or there's no explanation for a, B and C. I, my mind is going to go back to that initial situation where you left to be with this particular woman. So our relationship is never going to be whole again. Because unless I'm going through years and years and years of therapy, which by that time the relationship would have disintegrated to pretty much nothing, it's just not going to work for me anymore. That's me personally. I also don't believe in confronting the other woman. I don't have any allegiance to her. I might not even know her. And the truth of the matter is she owes me absolutely nothing. If my husband is able to get away with whatever it is, whatever relationship he had with her, and I either allowed it to happen because I didn't know, or I allowed it to happen because I just didn't care, or whatever the circumstances are, or even if I didn't allow it to happen, if I, you know, if it just was what happened, that's my burden to bear with my husband, I feel like. And the truth of the matter is, I don't have any kids. So there's, you know, we have assets, but we split those up and we keep it moving. I'm just like, I want a clean cut. I'm all about a clean cut. If we're done, let's create closure and move on with our lives. I'm not going to go to, you know, with kids and tow or not. If I had kids with kids and tow or not, I'm not going to confront her. She can feel like she got away with whatever it is that she feel like she got away with. Because usually from what I've seen in my life, in the end, the the person that's on the side or the person that is dealing with the person that is cheat that is the cheater oftentimes ends up in a in a hurt painful situation because guess what the truth of the matter is the age old saying if he cheats with you he's going to cheat on you so good luck the, i feel like your karma's going to come and i don't have to be involved well it doesn't even seem like she wants him so she just using him. Right. But she has money. The lady that accepted the money for the boat, she has money. He just gave her that money for, I guess, the, the balance of the boat. So she's, she's not hurting for coins. But again, let, let me also say this. I'm not 100% sure that she doesn't do this in all of her relationships. I'm not 100% sure that she doesn't work for, you know, the things that she needs, but get money from men or the men that she's in a relationship with for you know, luxury splurges. It's happened before. 
So um, if you're in a relationship with a man and he treats you and gives you gifts, I'm all for that, right? Because if I'm dating you, I am going to expect you to splurge on me a little bit. Absolutely. But if you're making this a habit and you're in relationships with much older men because you know that they're going to splurge on you more, and now you factor this into your daily budget, there's a problem here, right? So if you're doing, you're doing stuff and turning tricks and you know it's because you're getting favors and you do this every relationship, well, that's a little, that's, that's called prostitution. I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's legal. Really? You think it's prostitution? I think that if you're doing something with the, uh, because you know that you're going to get some favor behind it, like that is selling sex. Absolutely. How is that any different than expecting a man to pay for dinner or dates because you know that you're getting some sort of sexual favor at the end? I don't think it's possible. Okay, so I don't don't agree with that either because if you pay for my dinner or you buy me some drinks, that does not equate to me having sex with you. Like I agree with I agree with that, but the intention for the man to pay is what? Generally. What do you mean? Generally, why do you think that men would just pay? Be be honest. Do you think that men are just out here paying for dates and dinner and splurging on women because they don't think that they're getting the yams at the end of the day? Well, uh, anybody that's gone on a date with me, they know that you get no yams, no cookies at the end of the day. Okay, <laughs> that that just did not happen, and uh, you you're still expected to front the bill, at least initially. Um, I think it's different when you're in a relationship. Yeah, there's a lot of give and take. But if you're trying to court me, uh, yeah, you're going to pay the bill. And no, you shouldn't have the expectation of getting the cookies at the end of the night. Well, maybe not, maybe not immediately, though, Nicole. But don't you think that that's the end game at some point? Oh, well, that's the end game to dating in general, right? That's the end game to dating. Even if you are trying to save yourself for marriage, you get married so that you in game can be permanent cookies. Okay. So yes, in that respect, yes. But if you're doing this, like this woman is habitually doing things with people, she knows she doesn't want to be in a committed relationship with letting them grow feelings and saying that she's in a relationship with them. And then, then secretly pulling out of that relationship so secretly that this man has left his wife for you. And he doesn't understand that y'all are not in a relationship. Well, that's a problem. That means that you have not been clear about your expectations, that you have not been clear about your desires, and you confused this man, and now he's leaving his wife. And I'm not saying that he's leaving his wife because of her. Obviously, they must have some issues in their marriage, and he was going to leave anyway. The other woman never is the person that's forcing the man to leave. The man leaves when he's ready to leave. So I'm not saying that she's the reason, but... You know, at the end of the day, whether you would be accepting of him if he wasn't married and you had to have known that he was married when you started sleeping with them. That's that gray area separation. I'm telling you, I want the ink dry on your divorce papers before I start talking to you. And let let me let me say this. As you said, Nicole, marriage is hard work. Should I separate and get a divorce? I'm not doing this again for this very reason. There's too much. There's too much space and opportunity for things to muddy up the waters that you that you're not even aware of. I mean, just think about all of the the people involved in each one of these scenarios. There are too many people whose lives get muddied up as casualties of 
bad decisions that two individuals made. And it just, it just is too much. Whereas, you know, when everything is casual, you can just walk away from the situation. And so if, should I not be married at any point, God forbid, I love my husband. Like, you know, you said, we're not planning a divorce, but should we get separated in a divorce? I'm not doing this again because I can always walk away prior to a marriage. I can just walk away and we'll be done and I don't ever have to see you again. And then we're just done and we move on. If, if waters are muddied and somebody is not clear about what their expectations are, you'll get pretty clear when you don't hear from me. Right. It, it's clean. But in this particular situation, it's just such a mess because when, when people are done, they're not sure about whether they're done or not, or should they try or do they even want to put in the work? I don't know. It's just, it's just such a mess. But here's the other, other side. I kind of um, feel her in the, in the fact that, if I'm dating somebody at this age, I mean, I'm not even in my 40s, right? But I'm in my late 30s. So if I'm dating someone at this age, I'm 100% dating you because you can provide me with what appears to me to be stability. Now, yes, are there a bunch of facades that people can put up to make you, uh, make you think that they're stable when they're not? Absolutely. But for me personally, I'm absolutely not going to be with someone that doesn't have as much as I have or more to lose. And that can't provide me with something that I can't provide myself. Is that not fair? That's fair. I mean, different people, um, you know, different people have different expectations. Like my expectation is not is not that. So my thing is, you know, I don't want to. My thing was education. Right. So for me, I didn't want to be with somebody that did not have an education because I have a huge education. And I wanted to be with somebody that actually huge, like really, <laughs> really big. <laughs> I wanted to be with somebody that actually valued education and actually was working towards something uh, that they were interested in. And they did not despise the fact that I had so much education. And so for me, um, I, I initially wanted to date somebody that educationally may not be on the same level. I mean, my husband does have a whole bunch of degrees, but not necessarily on the same educational level, but liked education and valued it because I knew that I wanted to have children that also valued education. And I think that it's easier to instill that in your children if you both are examples of what education looks like um, and what education can do for you. So um, for me, that is what I want to make sure um, I married. Now, whether that be he had to make six figures or, you know, he had to make a, a minimum amount. I didn't look at that. You know, I feel like when you're going through things uh, in different stages of your career, um, you have ups and downs in terms of uh, how stable you are. So my husband has changed careers a couple of times um, once since we've been married. So and, and in the beginning, he when we first started dating, I mean, he, we were, he was making six figures. And then once we got married, he decided to go back to school, get another degree and then he did not make as much. And now he has a job that he, you know, he likes and he, he makes a decent salary. Um, so for me, the the have as much as I have, I never um, that was never something that was important to me. But educational education wise, it was very important. Um, now that I have been married and, you know, I know a lot of people that are single. I think that the older people get the more they change what they initially valued. Okay. And so I would encourage people to stay true to yourself because if you don't, you're going to marry somebody just to marry them. 
And then all of a sudden you're going to find yourself not married anymore because you don't value the same things, right? So if you have somebody that is married and education wise, they're very well accomplished in their career. They're very well accomplished. And then they marry somebody because this person adores them and they love them and they're head over heels for them. And then after time, like that little warm, fuzzy feeling, it sort of starts to wear off. So then you're looking at this person, especially during a pandemic, and you're going to work and they're not going to work. You're trying to to conserve because you realize, hey, I can get my salary cut. And they don't understand that they have to scale back. So that's when, um, you know, those factors such as they have to have as much as me or they have to have a certain education level as me. To me, that's why those things are important. And when you have people that have different standards and one is more dependent on the other, then you could have a situation where you may despise your wife or your husband. So um I don't know. That's uh that's difficult. It's a difficult situation to, to even think about. But I'm that wasn't my scenario. No, 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 no. I understand. I'm saying that initially you you have to set standards. Like, I think that we both agree that you have to set standards initially before you get into a relationship, especially yes. in a marriage. Right. I think that it's really important that you set standards. And I think that those standards need to be some concrete standards that will, that can't come and go based on the a fad or a trend or, you know, what's going on. But I think that, you know, and by, I think that someone needs to have as much, if not more than me. I mean, I'm not getting, I'm not willing to get into a relationship where should we get a divorce? Cause you know, let's just look at the statistics. It's a, a real possibility, no matter how invincible I'd like to think that I am. Should we get a divorce? It's, is that person then going to take everything that I have? And that's why I'm thinking, it's important that this person has as much, if not more than me, because I don't, I don't want to put myself in a unknowingly put myself in a situation where you never know what the breakup is going to be like. You can be in love and you know, everything seemed perfect and they seem like your knight in shining armor and anything can happen and they flip. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. And then now the person that you loved and was, you were ready to spend your the rest of your life with until your last breath is ready to take your life. Right. So you're like, eh, I don't want you to have anything. I want to be, you know, done with you. And you don't want to lose everything that you've worked so hard for because that person now just dislikes you. And they didn't have anything. They didn't come to the relationship with anything right now. I understand that as you grow and your relationship evolves, things happen and you know, relationships, you, you, you know, it's not always exactly 50, 50. Sometimes it's 80, 20, sometimes it's 90, 10. You never know. That's what you sign up for when you sign up for marriage. However, you have to be cognizant of, you know, a fi financial issues are real issues in marriage. They really are. And I'm not willing to get myself into a relationship or I wasn't, I should say, was not willing to get myself into a relationship, especially not a marriage where I felt like I was setting myself up for a future financial demise. You know, I, I, I understand that. Um, I think that if you both have the same education level, it's very difficult to argue that you need alimony and you don't have the earning potential. Correct. So that's, that's one regard. But when you have kids in that, it does complicate the situation, especially if that person isn't earning as much as you're earning and they are going to have custody of the kids. And that's when custody battles uh, come into play, because then the person that has more money is going to want to take the kids. Usually, 
Um, and especially if, um, if the woman is involved and she wants a, a big chunk of alimony and child support, then of course the, the man is probably going to say, Hey, well, I can financially provide for the kids. So I want the kids. So I won't have to pay you as much. Um, and I think people pull their kids into situations, um, in order to try to make the finances right. And then the kids end up suffering. So yes, Janine, I definitely agree with you, uh, to that point. Um, but you know, I make a lot more than my husband. And if we get divorced, you know, I don't know what, you know, I think hurt people hurt people. And so, yeah, if he's hurt, he could ask for alimony. He could um, become very vindictive, not his personality, but he could because hurt people want to hurt you. Um, And you're right. But at the end of the day, I don't think that for me, I'd be like, okay, whatever, you know, like I'm fine with paying you alimony to get out of this marriage because I'm not going to stay somewhere where I'm being abused or where I'm not appreciated. That's just me. But, um, but yeah, I understand your point. The the one thing that we can all agree on is that you never really know. I mean, the one factor that we can never predict is what humans will do, right? So that's the wild card in all of these situations. You don't know what people's emotions emotional state will be you don't know what people are going to think how people are going to change you don't know any of this so you have to make the best decisions for yourself based on the information that you have at the time right so in all of these situations I think that you know no one is wrong for making the decisions that they made I think that people were making what they felt were the best decisions at the time or they were making decisions without actually thinking them all the way through right so it's now an entangled mess because Decisions were made and decisions were made that then affected several people that had really nothing to do with it. They were just casualties of the of the relationship. So it kind of sucks. So back to your point about you would never get married again if you got divorced. Correct. So I personally would get married again. So for me, I love love. And so if my husband didn't value me, I don't think I would be alone for the rest of my life. And I don't think I could casually date for the rest of my life. And I don't think that I could be like Oprah and Stedman and just be like, Oh, we're together, but we're not together on paper. So we're not really trying to have any assets together. Like, I don't think I could do that because I, I do think that one, there's power in numbers. So when you're talking about investing and building something, it's much easier to do that with another person. Um, that you are legally bound to. And so for me, that it makes sense to get married. Um, there are, there are tax breaks in getting married. And I'm not saying that you should get married for the tax break, but you know, there is something to be said about getting married and being collectively together. Now, I know some people would argue, well, you can invest in things, you know, with your significant others and you can, you know, own property and own houses with a boyfriend. Yeah, you can, but then that's the same thing as a marriage because once you break up, you still got to go through the legal ramifications of separating assets. So it's the same thing. So for me, I definitely like if somebody were to come along after my husband and I fell in love with them and they loved me, I would definitely be open to getting married again. And I will probably have business with this current husband that I have for the rest of my life. So no. I'm not getting married again. I literally, and I don't know that we have to bleep out this name, but I would be Shawnee O'Neal. I would be like, look, I'm going to keep spending your money 
and I'm going to do, we're going to keep these businesses going and we're going to make sure that this works with this current husband that I got over here. We're going to keep, keep that going. Right. And when I get a divorce, those businesses will still continue to go and we will love each other as long as this business keeps loving us. Right. Outside of that, I don't really, I wouldn't see, I mean, unless, unless for some sort of legal reasons I needed to get remarried again, because there were some sort of other business that I'd like to be involved in. I just don't see inter intertangling my emotions or finances with anyone to this level again. And that's just how I feel right now. So God forbid, if my husband and I get a divorce, ask me then, but right this moment, I feel like I don't, I don't want to go through that again. And it's not that it's been, you know, traumatic. It just is a lot of work. And it's like, why? I mean, and here's the other thing, Nicole, if we were to get a divorce by the time that I meet someone and, and get to know them and we've un, unloaded all of our baggage and blah, 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 I'm 50. So now what, why am I getting married at 50? Like people no. get married at 50 all the time. And I understand me, Janine, why am I getting married at 50? I don't have any kids. I'm, I, I have the things that I need. I'm not in, you know, financial straits. If we want to spend our, our end days together and we just want to have companionship, we can do that without the papers. Well, you know, um, I'm married to a minister, so I'm not about to sit and shack up with you and we're not married. You need to have me on paper. What I'm saying is in the situation where you are divorced and you are moving on, you have your own lives. And you do live in different houses and you decide that you want to spend your time with somebody else. If I were a woman and you were a man and we were together, I would be like, oh, no, homeboy, you're not about to just shack up with me and have all these other business investments over here with the other ex-girl. I don't have a big problem with that. And I'm not good enough for you to put me on paper. Oh, no, I would have a big problem with that. Even if I was 70 years old, I would have a problem with that. So unless there's something else you're doing over here, I, you know, with me, I, I'm, I would have a problem with that. Like as the other person that is not in that divorce relationship, I would have a problem. So for me, I would definitely get remarried and I would make sure my business ventures stayed business ventures and we can continue to be business partners. But that doesn't mean that I can't get married again and start other business ventures with that person and another family with that person and grow and love that person. It doesn't negate the relationship I have with my ex or the businesses that, that I have with my ex, but it's still for me, I'm not about to sit and shack up with you for all these years. I don't care. We ain't sleeping together for all them years and you ain't going to marry. Well, see, we I need don't, to be married. I don't know that I would, I don't know that I would just want to invest that kind of time or, or emotional energy into it again. I feel like the amount of time that it would take to unload the baggage from this relationship to get into another relationship, that's just too much energy and effort when I could just move on with something else. Like, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe. And, but then again, I'm also not one to enjoy going long periods of time without having sex. So I might change my tune when I realize that sex isn't readily available to me. So you change your mind. You change your mind. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, that would be to to be very honest with you up until you just made mention of that, like, oh, you know, I'm not checking up with you. I really in my mind thought like, yeah, I, it would never dawn on me to get married again. Right. Like it just would not be a desire. But then when you said like, oh, yeah, you're checking up, I thought to myself, like, 
yeah, I would want to have sex again. So I might just do that again. And not saying you, I mean, everybody has their own beliefs. Everybody has their own religious beliefs. Some people may not be religious at all. Um, so this is from our perspective. So we're not trying to force our perspectives on you, but um, everybody has their own own beliefs there. So I'm not saying that, you know, shame on you if you're not married and you're shacking up. That is not what we are saying. But from my perspective, I personally would not be doing any long time shacking up with somebody I knew did not want to get remarried. And that is a conversation. If you are married, if you are dating somebody that has been divorced, you do need to ask them, do you ever see yourself getting married again? And if you're not on the same page, if you're a woman and you have never been married and you know you want to get married and you're dating somebody who's been divorced, you may want to make sure you know where y'all are going. Because <laughs> um, if he doesn't want to get remarried again or she, then, and you do, then you have a big issue on your hands. Facts. I think that's a, a topic of conversation for another week as well. Like, I really think that we should talk about that because I know a lot of people who are in relationships with people who have previously been divorced and are sitting waiting for them to ask them or agree to marriage when they're, when the person is very clear, I have no interest in marriage or relationship. I've already had a family. That's not what I'm looking for at this point. So I think that, you know, we could talk about this all day. And I think that maybe we let's make a note. I'm ask, noting it right now. Ask our listeners, you guys, the people who are listening, we love you all. We want you to join the conversation. So if you have a topic of conversation, send it in to us. Our email is, oh, that's deep, bwc at gmail.com. Okay, let's talk about what we've learned new this week. Janine, what have you learned new this week? So what I learned is actually fun and relates to our story today. According to Variety, it says that Jada Smith and her Red Table talk where she brought herself to the Red Table broke the viewing records for Facebook Watch, which she had more than 12 million views in less than 24 hours. So the... Um, the previous record. So first of all, Nicole, I didn't really know that there was anything on Facebook watch other than the red table talk. Like I haven't watched any other programming. So shout out to Jada for beating her, beating herself for setting her own record and beating it. Um, but the previous record was held by the red table talk episode that she had with Jordan Woods, where she talked about her relationship with Khloe Kardashian's child's father, Tristan Thompson. So shout out to Jada for breaking records on Facebook, which is huge because to have 12 million people watch anything is an accomplishment. So shout outs to Jada. Yeah, I remember. Um, I remember that. And I thought it was a really good uh, episode of uh, Red Table Talk when she had her on there. Um, and then she also had some of the victims of, you know, the whole R. Kelly scandal, which is why when I started, you know, really watching um, her episodes. So she had some good content on there. Um, so, yes, I like that, uh, what you've learned. What I've learned this week is that most online dating services have either been discounted or have been free during this pandemic. And there are still some uh, online services that will give you three months free. So look out for that. I know that there's a lot of services like eHarmony and Match will give you the first couple of months discounted. Uh, but now they're standard three months. So if you're looking for love, hey, there's online platforms that you can get at reduced prices right now. Just make sure that you're in a situation where you can accept love. All right. So your inspiration for the week, 
Remember that you are amazing. If you are waiting for love, know that it will come. Be still and trust God. Until we meet again, pray, work, slay, and show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Bye. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations is produced and hosted by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer Ken Johnson. Find Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations on Facebook and IG at Oh That's Deep BWC. Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a five times media production.